Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hey, thank you, uh, Brian. I do want to welcome those who are um, worshiping with us at Peru. And as, as it's been mentioned uh, multiple times, but I am very grateful for every person who is worshiping online. Hey, um, even as Brian mentioned, just to take that a step further, right? We're talking about miraculous. And um, we're going to look at the Jesus stories. The Jesus stories that we would say like, man, like, that is like miraculous. And, and I want us just to zero in on several. Um, we're going to start, if you have a Bible, John chapter 11 is where we will be today. Um, but if, if, you don't, if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. You can, you can look at the screen um, and, and you'll see those scriptures pop up. But even as Brian mentioned Sam and Christy, um, I thought, you know, even what's happening, happening in their life is pretty miraculous. You think about God's call upon all of us, right? But even specifically, I think, it, I think it's important that we celebrate when people say yes to God's call. Um, and that can be on like a daily basis. That can be in your current workplace. For them, what that means is, you know, like completely doing something different, selling their house, which they've already done, selling their belongings and preparing for where God is going to send them. And we are really, really excited about having like our own missionaries that we're launching from Crossbridge Community Church. So check out that spaghetti dinner. Um, and if you're like, if you live like, you're like, hey, I'm like watching online from like four hours away, that's, it's okay. But I know what I can tell you, they would love for you to pray for them, uh, to pray for them as they have some major decisions to make um, and really just praying for clarity and that God gives them that as they are really like out on a limb, uh, trusting him to lead them. Hey, before we get started, I would love to pray for us. Father, thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. I pray, Lord, that you'd help me. Help me to sort through my words. Help me, um, God, I, I, you know who's listening. You know who's worshiping. You can, I mean, you know it by face, by the numbers of hairs on their head, you know them. And I pray that your spirit would take these words and that you would connect them to our hearts. That God, we would hear from you and we would not just mark it up as, uh, huh, that's interesting or, oh, that's coincidence. But God, we would hear from you in a way in which we would acknowledge that it's you. And Lord, we would say yes to you, whatever that may be. I give you thanks today in advance. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. All right. So, um, story of Lazarus, right? John chapter 11, feel free to flip to that. Um, and here we're going to dive right in. Here's how I'm going to do it. I'm really just going to, I thought I could read you the whole story, but I think it's like 44 verses long. Okay, it's long. And so what I thought I'd do is really more like tell you the story, tell you, tell you the story, and then pause at times and apply different pieces of this story. Now, here's one of the things that I found. As, as I was actually, you know, writing this sermon, um, I had a little white notepad sitting there on, on my desk, and, and I just read through the story. I read through it, and when I saw something interesting, I just wrote it down. 
And, and as I was writing down, I wrote down a lot of different things and I thought, there's no way I can do all of this or like, we're, it's gonna be like a three hour church service. So then I began to ask the Lord, hey, help me as I look back through this, what are the things out of this story that would be most, like that you would most want me to say or that you would most want to use on this specific um, you know, opportunity? So, so let's, let's look at it. There was a man named Lazarus. This is how the story starts, right? There was a man named, named Lazarus and right from the very beginning, it says he was sick, right? That's how we get rolling. He lived in a place called Bethany and he had two sisters, Mary and Martha. How many of you have heard this story? Okay. All right. Good. Two sisters, Mary and Martha. And the, the sisters sent a message to Jesus. And basically they said, Lord, your dear friend is sick. So we know there was some sort of like relationship there. Um, but Lord, your dear friend is, is very sick. Now, now here's the deal. They didn't say like, here's what we need you to do. They just sent word. And, and then here's what it says. When Jesus heard about it, when he heard about his friend Lazarus, and here's what he says. Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. He goes, in fact, it happened that God might receive the glory from it. That's what he went on to describe. And, and I was thinking, in fact, if you look at verse 5, John chapter 11 Verse five, here's where I first want us to zero in, okay? And here's what it says. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Now, when I was reading this, I wrote that down because I thought, that's an odd part of the story. Would you agree with me, right? Like if someone called you, right? If word was sent to you and said, well, let's just say, hey, you know, you got word, Pastor Kevin is very sick and he's in trouble. Would I want you to wait two days? No, I wouldn't. In fact, I wouldn't be very happy. I'd be like, two days, what are you doing, right? If I send a message that I'm sick or somebody I know is very, very sick and you can help them, I, I want you to come now, not two days later. So I thought that was a really, like kind of an odd part of the story. It reminded me of this though, right? Like in the midst of our story, here's what you have. You have Mary and Martha, and, and, and they're just doing their part. They're not sure how to help Lazarus. They're not sure what to do to make him better. But they do believe if Jesus gets word, he can. So they do their part. They're like, Jesus, uh, Lazarus, our brother, your dear friend, is very sick. Let's just get word, right? And, and I thought, this is so like where we live, isn't it? That, that there's many times where we pray about things, things that we need help with, that we don't know the answer for, that we don't know the outcome, that we don't know what to do. So we just do our part and we mention it to our Heavenly Father. That's what we do. Hey, do you see this, right? Anybody? Probably like today, right? And we make our need known, but then what do we do? We do our part and we trust God to do His. In a, in a perfect world, that's what we do. We do our part, we trust him to do his. It reminds me, um, this was, I can't remember how long ago. It could be six months ago. It could be a year ago. It's probably more like a year ago. But do you remember when we preached through the story? Maybe you weren't here, but we kind of started and we started with Genesis and we made our way through the Bible. We kind of hit the high spots. And, and many times what we talked about was this upper story where God was like doing this, like doing his thing. And then we talk about this lower story. That's where we live, 
right? We live in the lower story. God is in the upper story. We talked about so often that the lower story, like, you know, we can, we can see the lower story, right? Like, we are pretty clear what's happening in the lower story, but there's many times we're trying to figure out, like, God, what are you really doing in your upper story? Like, this bigger story that is connected, like your story and mine, where they come together. And I don't know about you, but there's often times where I'm like, whew, I'm really confused. Because it seems like, I mean, I can make sense of my lower story, but whew, I can't tell what God's trying to do in it. Like, I know there's a bigger plan at play, but sometimes I struggle with it. Um, in Job, you, you talk about someone who um, struggled with God's upper story, right? Who would say his lower story was a mess. And, and here's what he says. Can you solve the mysteries of God? Can you discover everything about the Almighty? Such knowledge is higher than the heavens. And who are you? It is deeper than the underworld. What do you know? It is broader than the earth and wider than the sea. It's a reminder that like, the, like who God is is way bigger than we will ever wrap our heads around. And understanding his ways that he will always be. This is not the first time. It may be the first time. It's not the last time that God is referred to as a mystery. He, I mean, he is way beyond our thinking. Now, diving back into the story, finally, he says to his disciples, let's go back. And his disciples, you know, they didn't actually like that idea. In fact, here's what they said to Jesus. They said, hey, Jesus, like, go back. If you remember, when we left that place, they tried to stone you. Like, that's what was coming. So are you sure you want to go back? And, and then Jesus goes on and he shares these profound words. And he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. It really confused the disciples. In fact, um, there was some thought where they were like, isn't like sleep the best medicine when you're sick, right? And, and they, just, they just didn't get it. And, and here's what they do, right? They, they're, they're really confused. They thought he was literally sleeping. That's not what Jesus meant. And he says, hey, Lazarus isn't sleeping. He's dead, and for your sakes, I'm actually glad because this, I hope you understand and believe not only me, but the one who sent me. See, again, there's this whole story going on where Jesus is hoping that, that everyone is going to see the mighty power and hand of God in the midst of this story. Now, here's what I love. Another thing that really caught my attention that I want to highlight, um, Thomas is one of the ones there with Jesus. And um, in fact, here's what it says in, in verse 16, because he had a really interesting take on the situation. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that just sound like a crazy thing to say? But really he's saying, hey, if we're going back and Jesus is getting stoned, like, well, hey, let's go, let's go do it too. And I thought to myself, I was like, wow, I mean, Thomas. It's this picture that, that you know, throughout, throughout Scripture, throughout the, the gospel, there's many times where we see this invitation to drop what we're doing, that people would drop what they were doing and they would follow Jesus wholeheartedly. That's the picture here. The, the picture, and, and he's kind of, I think, trying to rally the disciples, but he's saying, hey, I'm all in. Let's go. Let's go do this. If he's going, I'm going too. Now, here's what came to mind for me. See, Here's, like, even I think about this in, you know, the very beginning question, right, where the disciples are like, hey, are you really going to go back there? 
It's also this reminder, I think Jesus knew that in going back for his friend Lazarus, it was probably really good for Lazarus, and it was going to be really good for Mary and Martha, and it was going to be really good for other people to see like who God is and to see his power revealed, but on a personal level, it, it probably wasn't going to be good for Jesus. I love that. Like th- This is so non-selfish of Jesus. Jesus was entering a not-so-good place. And I believe he knew what was coming. In fact, right after this is when really we see this movement towards his own cross and his own crucifixion and his own resurrection. Jesus was willing, though, to enter a bad situation. He was willing to enter this messy situation for the sake of someone else. Here's what I was reminded of, right? The mission, and I've been talking to you a lot about the mission. I've been talking to you about like opportunities that we have as the church, as his people. And I just believe this, that the mission will always, almost always lead us into some messy places. Because I do think this, like there's times when, um, there's times when I think Jesus would be hanging out in the really messy places if he was here. That he would be at the places that we'd be like, we'd be like Jesus, are you, like, what are you doing there? Because I think that, I just believe it, that, that Jesus, he, he just had a, like this gravitational pull towards the hurting, towards the lonely, towards those who truly like, man, just needed him. And I think that's what it'd be about. And, and then it makes me wonder, right? Just like Thomas, that if we are followers of Jesus and we're going in his name to do his mission, that most likely we would find ourselves periodically in some messy situations as well. I was even thinking about over my years as a pastor. It didn't take me long at all because I thought, I think this is so true. Like there's been many times where I've found myself in really sticky, messy situations. I was reminded of a time where two men, um, I was pastoring and there was two men in the church and um, it, was, whew, it was a bad situation. And, and they got into it. And when I say got into it, there were words spoken on both sides and it was not good. And they were, they were about my age at the time. You know, they were probably mid-30s. And, and whew, it escalated. I remember one afternoon, I got a phone call. And the phone call said this, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so are meeting today to settle this. It was like going like, like are we like back on the playground, right? That's really what it was, though. And I got wind where it was, and I remember I drove to the house in the middle of an afternoon. I got to the yard. I'm not kidding you. There's like 15 men in the yard. That word had traveled. Everybody was ready. One guy came out with a baseball bat. And I just remember thinking, and one of them said, Pastor, this is probably not a good place for you to be. It was exactly what they said. And I thought, no, 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 it probably is a good place for me to be, Right? Like to try to get this thing headed off before it happens. And fortunately, the other one didn't show up. Whew, what a circus of events. <laughs> I also remember sitting in a dark apartment with a young man who, um, who was basically threatening to take his life. And I remember walking into this dark apartment and sitting on the, um, the kitchen floor. And basically he said, like, I, I'm going to take my life and, and you need to leave or I'm going to hurt you too. And I remember looking at him and I just thought, Nope, I'm not leaving. If it comes to blows, it comes to blows. Probably not smart, but that's the way it worked. I also remember doing a funeral one time when I was out at this country cemetery, and there was, a, there was multiple marriages involved, and there was the wife and the ex-wife, and they got in a fist fight, right? 
I remember I had to call the police to say, can you meet at the church for the funeral dinner just so we can like not have it again at the church? Like, what, what is this, right? But, but I'll tell you, you, you could probably say the same thing. There's so many times, and I believe this, like that God leads us, right? That we, we are part of messy situations for a reason. Like to, to be there, to, to be his representative, to take the mission in the places where maybe other people wouldn't go. Not to go, eh, it's not for me, that's a little too messy. But what does it look like, right? Because Jesus, Jesus was willing to enter the messes. You think about even willing to walk towards the cross, his own death, this mess that we find in the gospel. For who? For you and for me. For our best. Beautiful picture. See, then it says here, if you could get back in the story, when they get there, they're told, you know, when they get back there, they're told that Lazarus has been in the grave for four days already. Martha got word that Jesus was coming and met him on the edge of town, and she was not happy. In fact, here's what she says. It's something along this line where she says, hey, had you been here earlier, we would not be where we are today. I mean, whew, she was letting Jesus have it, right? Now, there was faith in that statement, but there was also, I mean, that statement was real. And then and, and Jesus tells her, hey, your brother will rise again. And even then, she's not thinking like in days ahead. She's thinking when everyone will rise on the last day. Jesus says some famous words at that point that we've quoted over and over. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? I love that that question is personal. I think every one of us, every one of us, plug your name into that sentence because every one of us someday will answer that question. Do you believe this? Do you believe in the death and resurrection? And it will be personal. See, and, and what does she say? Yes, I've always believed you're the son of God. And Martha goes back and she tells Mary that Jesus is here. And he wants to see her. Mary leaves and goes out to meet Jesus and she gives him the same greeting. Had you been here, it would have been different. Now, here's what I love about that picture, and here's what I thought of when I read it, and I wrote down on my little white piece of paper, that Jesus can handle our honesty. Jesus can handle very real prayers. Jesus can handle very real, like broken heart kinds of conversations. I love that about Jesus. I believe he wants us to pray real prayers. Prayers when we're hurt and prayers when we're broken and prayers when we're struggling with unbelief or questions or frustrations. The kind of prayers where we're so heartbroken that we don't know how to pray and we just begin to mumble some sort of words out of our heart. And here's what I love in this picture, that Jesus was emotionally moved. See, what you'll find in the midst of this story, there's a line that says, Jesus wept. And, and I, you know, you, you don't see that anywhere else. I mean, not, not like this. This is, this is different. Jesus wept. And to me, what it said is, like, Jesus feels. He feels our pain. He felt Mary and Martha's grief. He felt their broken hearts. And he connected with them. I love that. You know, one of the things I would say to you, and I can say with absolute confidence, Peru, online, in the room, I don't know your situation. I don't know your, your previous hurts. I don't know your previous brokenness. I don't know what you're dealing with today. But I know this, that Jesus, 
Jesus comes alongside of the hurting. And when you're hurting, he is too. And he recognizes you in your pain and he doesn't turn away, but he invites you to come near to him and to have very honest, open conversation. So then Jesus asked the question, great question, right? He's, he's encountered Martha and now he's encounter, encountered Mary and they're like kind of letting him have it. And then here's, here's what he says. He says, okay, Mary, so where have you put him? Where is he, right? Where have you put Lazarus? And they make their way to the tomb. And, and they get to the tomb and, and then Jesus, what does he say? He says, roll that stone away. Like, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine? Roll that stone away. Now, Martha, here's what she says. In, in my language, she says, this is not a good idea. Right? Can, can you just picture her like looking at Jesus and saying, hey, not a good idea. Like you're two days late, four days late, whatever you are. This is not a good idea. Like if you'd have come earlier, we wouldn't have been here anyway. I'm surprised you wouldn't say it again, right? <laughs> but, but here, it's, it's a great picture. And, and here's what she says, which I just think is such a real part of the story. And I don't know, I like it. Um, the part of the story where she's like, it's not a good idea. And here's why. Because he probably already smells. That's what scripture says, right? Weird part of the story. Like why, why would they write that down, Right? I mean, even if she said it, wouldn't you think like, they're like, yeah, let's skip that, right? I mean, that's probably not Martha's best moment, right? Just skip that. But you know, I wrote it down. And, and here's the deal. I actually think it's the best part of the story. It's the absolute best part of the story. And let me tell you why. Because there is so much hope in this picture of this story. Like this is where it gets really miraculous. Because here's, here's the deal. What it really says, in fact, let's just, let's just read the end of this story. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I say it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here, so they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. It looked like a mummy, right? Unwrap him and let him go. Now, here's what's such a big deal. I mean, obviously, a dead man was raised to life, right? Pretty big deal. But the other piece was this, is that it was after four days. There was a little phrase in this story that says it's been after four days. You remember, Jesus was late. We don't know what he had going on. We don't know if he was like, you know, healing other people, feeding other people. But for whatever reason, he showed up late. But here's what we do. Remember in the story? Remember in the story when he says, God has this like bigger plan and I just want like father to get the glory. And he shows up late and we discover it's really late, right? And Martha, Mary, they're letting him have it. Mary's standing there, not a good idea. He's gonna smell. Here was the belief. The belief at that time for that group of people was this, that the spirit hung around the body for four days. At that, at that tomb, that the spirit hung around hoping to like re-enter. But after four days, that was it. Because at that point, the body began to decay. Things began like not to smell good. That was, that was their belief. So, so just, just picture this with me. 
that they're standing there, and, and it, makes, it makes sense, right? Martha's going, not a good idea, right? You are way too late. He already smells. It, this is over. This isn't like Jesus, like you came and he just kind of passed and you can bring him back to life. This is like, Jesus, you're so late. You missed the whole party. And it's over, 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 done with no hope. And then Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. Oh, so, so think about this. What does that say to us? Here's what it says to me. It says to me that Jesus was making it very clear that, that when it comes to hope and faith and belief, that his father can do the miraculous, but there's always hope. That, that it's not just like, hey, Jesus, I'm going to bring you something because it's not quite dead yet, and I think you can probably revive it. No, the, the moral of this story is you can bring Jesus things that are absolutely dead. You can bring Jesus situations in your life that are so far gone, everyone around you says, don't touch that because it smells. And what Jesus can do is take things that are long gone and dead, situations, needs, relationships, long gone and dead, and he can say, get up and walk. Incredible. Absolutely incredible and hope-giving. Our Jesus is miraculous. You know, I was thinking about Crossbridge is a place like full of very real people, real struggles. We all have things we struggle with from time to time, right? Very much so. And sometimes we find ourselves in hopeless situations. I know this about you. I know it about me. We find ourselves in, and it's an awful place. It's a place that sometimes feels like you can't get it turned around. It can feel depressing. It can feel powerless. It can feel like you're trapped and there's not a way out. We find ourselves in these difficult places and we're asking really hard questions. Questions even you see in the story like, does God really hear me? I mean, where are you? Because you seem late. Do you really feel the hurt I feel, God? Can you really redeem things and turn around things that nobody else can? The big question can I really have hope? All those kinds of questions right here in this story. And here's my belief that, that God, may, may this be our prayer, God give us faith to believe a story like this, not just for its validity in the Bible, for its validity in our lives as well. That we would believe it, not just because we've read it and not just because we're like, oh, that was so good for Lazarus, right? That was so good for Mary and Martha. No, it is so good for you. And it is so good for me. It's so good for us. It's so good for your neighbor, your coworker, because it's who Jesus is. Give us faith. God, to trust and to believe that you can still raise dead things. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this story. And God, even I, I know when I was reading it, there's so many things in this story we could have talked about. God, I've done my best to be faithful to talk about what I believe you wanted me to. I do pray that as we, as we move towards communion, 
God, may you help us. Maybe, maybe there's folks online, maybe there's folks in Peru or even right here who are struggling with faith, who are struggling with hope, who feel it like whether it's a situation, a relationship, a circumstance, but it feels like it's absolutely stinking dead. God, if you were to want us to see it different, you could give us the faith to believe so. God, I give you thanks. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.